my name is Michael Govian. I am the co-host of the First Day Pod, along with my wonderful partner, Leanne Hello. Today, we welcome Neviana Maleko. Neviana is a life coach and an emotional mentor. She has survived colitis and a cancer diagnosis. She is all about getting to the root, to the core of the pain that goes all the way back to childhood. Yes, she's all about finding your inner child, relating to it, and connecting with it. Neviana has her own website, nevianamaleko.com. You can get all the information in today's show notes. So join myself and Leanne Hello as we learn again on the latest episode of the First Day Pod. Welcome into the First Day Podcast. I am Michael Gobier. I am the co-host of the show, along with my dearly wonderful girlfriend and probably one of the greatest human beings ever I've ever met in my life. Leanne Hello. Hi, Leanne. Hi guys. Hi Mike. Hi. How are you? I'm good. We're excited. You and I have a guest today for the first day pod. It's episode 57. We're going to be joined here right now in real time on our live stream, which you can watch on YouTube or Facebook Live at First Day Pod by Neviana Maleko. Welcome to the show, Neviana. How are you? Hi guys. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited. I've been oh, looking this- forward to this. Me too. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. I can't wait. Hey, Josh. Um, so yeah, I just want to let you know. So Mike will be putting up, uh, if we get comments, they'll go up there. So if you're good at navigating like two things, go ahead and look at them. I mm-hmm. go squirrel and can't focus on the conversation. <laughs> so I will not I will not be looking at them and Mike will field all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just second nature to me. I don't know why. But uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about what today, Neviana? Why don't you open up the dialogue here? Well, I want to, I want to actually, she sent me, so I asked for a bio because you have a lot going on. Um, (laughs) So I wanted a bio of how to like properly introduce her. And it was really, really good. Like I want, and it, what I love is it's not one of those bios, like I have this degree and I have this degree. It is like, it's really nice. So Neviana is an emotional mentor and life coach. She knows how it feels to be you. When she first got started on her healing journey of colitis, she was lost, frustrated, and scared, trying every diet possible, doctor's visits, and medication um, medication use. She struggled to restore her health for years till she hit rock bottom with a cancer diagnosis. Something big had to change, and she knew that healing was possible. She knew it deep in her soul, Six years later, she is well and thriving, helping others achieve the same. She helps women gain tools to understand who they truly are and reprogram new powerful beliefs uh, beliefs within them. Our health is within us, not outside of us. Neviana has developed a comprehensive 12-week online program, awesome, that helps women gain powerful life tools to love, accept, and nurture themselves back to freedom. I thought that was beautiful. Thank Absolutely you. Beautiful. So there's also a lot to dive into there. So mm-hmm. a lot. Yes. Um, do you want to give our audience like kind of a quick kind of where you came from, mm-hmm. what got you to where you are now? Um, I mean, you don't have to dive into all the details, but feel free to say whatever you'd want just to give us an overview. Mm-hmm. You know what, guys, if someone asked me 
where I am today and life coaching, I would have laughed in your face. 110%, I would have been like, you are, no, this is, this is too crazy. But, you know, the everything that's happened in my life is because it kind of fell into my lap. Okay. I, I have also two restaurants that are opened locally here because I struggled with my health so much. I was so afraid of what to eat, where to go, who to talk to. And out of the fear, I opened up these restaurants. So that was a great if somebody asked me if I was going to be a restaurant owner, I would have laughed in their face as well. And but, I'm just going to put a little plug in there. So anybody mm -hmm. from the YQG that's listening to this, this is Naviana from Carrots and Dates. So, yes. um, yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Oh, I love Absolutely. Carrots and Dates. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing, guys. Thank you. And uh, I, I put all my marbles in the bag saying food is killing me. It's the food that's making me sick because I have a digestive disease. I'm going to change everything. I'm, I'm eating. So I went from 100% vegan diet for a couple of years and it didn't help me. Then I removed gluten and didn't help me. I removed grains and didn't help me. And I just kept removing and removing and restricting and restricting, which created a food disorder. I didn't actually know it was until my mom was actually in a very bad car accident. It caused me to leave the country to leave. And while she was in the hospital sick, she was in the, in the car accident. I was showering one day and felt a lump in my breast. And I was just like, this can't be happening. I mean, I'm doing everything. I'm drinking the green juice. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the kale and I'm doing the salads and I'm restricting my diet like I'm supposed to. This was for 10 years this happened. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't healing. So here I am owning the, the healthiest restaurant in the city. One mm -hmm. of the first people to introduce all this health food into the world. But... I was literally dying. My health was deteriorating in the speed of light. And I knew something big had to change because everything that I was doing, I was in the hospital, I remember, and I had this huge realization that everything I was doing was not right. I mm -hmm. had to change something really, really big, and I had to change it within myself. And that's when my journey truly began. It was really an interesting, incredible journey. Um, I don't think I would be here today. I tell you the truth. I, I, I'm, I'm blessing my, my seconds of life, my minutes that I'm here and healthy. I, I really, I can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And I, yeah, it, Crohn's and colitis that touches my family very, very closely. And we deal with that with my sister. Um, and the one thing that is the same with everybody is that it's not just the food. Like it's, we, they go on the elimination diet, they go on these things. And, and then when they're in the hospital, they're feeding them like just what crackers mm -hmm. and like sugar. And like, it's just, it's so bizarre what happens. Um, but yeah. Okay. So now what happened? So you have this realization, you have to go deeper. You have to figure this out. What did you do? Like, what was your first step to go you on know, this journey? The, f the first step of this journey was because I tried, I tried every single, every single mm -hmm. diet. You, you name any, you know, diet that you could possibly think of. I tried because I did it for 10 years. You've Over done them all. I've done them all. I've done them all. I've, every elimination that I think of, by the, by the time I found the lump in my breast, I was eating like bananas and apples. It was have just, you heard of, have I, you heard of a low FODMAP diet too, since you, to I have, I have, yes, I have. Any, any comments on that or any I will, familiarity I, I will with continue it? and I will explain to you. That falls into that bag of elimination diet. I oh, believe okay. that elimination diet is, um, is very important 
for a short period of time mm. to eliminate the body from whatever uh, toxin it is. But if, if the disease is caused by your diet, then the diet's going to work. So anything with like acne or skin or, you know, getting rid of heavy metals, let's get rid of the body of yeast. Yes, that is, that is great. But when it comes to chronic diseases like autoimmune and cancer, we have to look at the body a much bigger picture than just food. And it's not just, it's not just the food, the food, can help you heal, but I, this is what I teach in my coaching is that for me, it wasn't the food because I tried it for so long and it's probably 95% of my clients that I coach, it is mostly the emotional part mm. of our lives. That also includes the emotional stress, the emotional thoughts, the emotional feelings, everything that we carry within our cells. Because I say, let's say this is your cell and inside your cell, as you grow, you have things that have happened to you in your life and, you know, uh, unhealed resentment, unhealed trauma, things that have happened to you in your childhood that with your little mind and brain or you don't have emotional support to heal from it, now is in those cells. Mm -hmm. And eventually, it's like, either way I want to describe it is like you have a backpack and every time something happens to you, you don't work it through you add a rock onto that backpack, eventually it's so heavy you cannot move. And that's when the manifestation of a disease happens. And now try to give that cell that's so stiff with the resentment, anger, and fear, and shame, and guilt from all these traumatic events, green juice. <laughs> no, it constantly feels like the lion's coming to get it, and it needs to be in fight or flight and run. You, you don't feed someone running from a lion green juice. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understood that kale doesn't heal the trauma from your sexual abuse maybe when you were 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, it just won't heal that. So when we're healing d diseases that are actually caused by an emotional burden or, or trauma, the, the diet doesn't actually work because we need to remove and heal those wounds first and then bring the food and then watch you heal. That makes total sense. It, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, have you ever... Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, because we are like we have a book club that we do every, yeah. every Monday, Monday night. Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're still I taking know. newcomers. Anybody wants to join us, 8 p.m. Eastern, once I a week, that. Monday night. Yeah, and we love it. And we're just finishing up the book. And the book that we're doing is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I love this it. This sounds like a lot of what she talks about, and she was talking about it back in the eighties when people really weren't talking about it. So have you read that book? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Many times yeah. I've read her book. I've listened to her stuff. She was actually one of the first people I started to really, I remember when I first got diagnosed with colitis, my mom bought me that book and I was like, Phew. I don't know what I didn't, I wasn't ready. Yeah. But then when I got sicker, I was ready. I was listening because I really got a kick in the butt. Yeah, And this is, I feel like a lot of us have to have that low, like for me, it was the cancer diagnosis. For some people, it's an addiction. For some mm -hmm. people, it's a death of a family member that kicks us in the butt so hard that we are faced with something really, really big that crushes us and forces us to make big changes. Mm -hmm. And if we understand why this has crushed us and caused us to make such a big change, then we can actually make make the change, right? 
Mm-hmm. Some continue making the same, you know, the same thing over and over and over, and they don't really see that change needs to happen. We kind of live in the blame zone. Like it's their fault. It's her fault. You know, I live there. Trust me. Even yeah. with living with colitis, I blame my parents for feeding me bad food most of my life, which wasn't really true, mm-hmm. but I needed something to blame it on. Mm-hmm. But the book is absolutely fantastic. I, I, I'm a very big uh, avid reader now and I love to learn and, you know, educate myself as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's this stuff is just, it's so fascinating to me because you're right. If you're not ready for it, then it does sound like, oh yeah, I'm sure I could just change my life by like thinking different thoughts. But um, it really is getting closer like inside and that's scary and that's hard. And that's, so you developed, you said you developed a 12 week kind of online program. Yes. How, how did you do that? Is that something that like, did you get certified to be a coach and you're using like their kind of framework? Is this something that you developed as you were going through your own journey or how did all of that come about? So I was, I was asked by, so I, I got coached myself. As soon as the diagnosis came, it was like, I need to make something quickly and, and change something. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I just prayed. And at that time, it was the only thing I knew what to do. And the people that ha- came just kind of started tro- dropping into my life. And I had a, a coach, a life coach. And I remember going to him and saying, like, I need some help. I, like, I need to get rid of the, the shock of the, of the diagnosis. And he was like, well, uh, you, you know, you, in order to heal, you need to go backwards in order to go forwards. And I thought to myself, like, what is he talking about? And he's, he's like, I, we need to talk about your emotional life. And I thought, I said to him, what is an emotion? That's how mm-hmm. numb I was. I really didn't know what emotion was. What is a feeling? Like I, all the time, I, I didn't know what I was feeling. But anyway, as I was doing the work, and then got another coach afterwards to grow more and another, and I, I was growing and my body was honest, honestly, it was, it was rapidly changing and healing. Um, they, they begged me, they're like, you need to help some people because what you know is not okay for you to just keep quiet. Mm. You know, I, I think mm. there's a lot of people out there that you could help. So I said, okay. And I ended up going and getting um, certified to be a, a life coach and I studied for about seven months full time. I ended up flying to Vancouver to get my certification and then worked. It was a very intense program to get certified and be able to to learn how to talk to people. Mm. That was one of the biggest things. Like, how do you help someone? And then afterwards, I just, well, I was running on the treadmill and I had this big, it just shot me like a brick fell on my head that I'm going to have an online program. This is four years ago. And I could see me doing all these lessons and people logging on and me helping them and I just ran with it I'm like this is what I'm supposed to be because now I was going so inwards and I was listening to all these all these signs that were coming to me and I hired someone to help me take everything that I know and change it and put it into a teachable format beautiful so I worked Hmm. with with this coach for about four months and afterwards I built my program Wow. That's yeah. phenomenal. And the no, program is based yeah. through my story. And, but you take and on every single module, there's a tool that you take pretty much you, you, you are learning life tools and resilience when, because usually when you get triggered, our body goes into kind of like a shock 
And mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do with yourself? Most of us, like for me, all these traumas that happened to me when I was a little kid, I wasn't able to calibrate back to safety. Mm. I just stayed as if something bad is going to happen constantly in fight or flight and, and scarcity. So mm-hmm. I teach I teach them, first of all, let's identify how your past has created you today. You don't have to sit in it, but let's just identify that, yeah, actually, I hate myself. I don't feel worthy. You know, I have this fear. It's something mm-hmm. like we would really identify how you view yourself. What what kind of lens are you wearing to view the world? Mm, yeah. And then we learn to take that lens off. And I work with visions because what I realized because of my restaurant, I had to create visions and visions and visions and visions all the time so that I could take the success forward. When I went to the bank test for $20,000, I the bank wouldn't give me $20,000 because I didn't have a vision i didn't have a business plan right so i thought if i could create a successful restaurant why can i create a successful health (laughs) and why do so then i said why don't i make a business plan for my health that's awesome so So, i'm gonna ask you this uh we have a question here from ed he wants to know it's just curious why is your program only for women my program, it's not, actually to tell you the truth, it's not only for women. The only reason why I say women is because I, we identify with each other very, very well. I could work with anybody, really, mm-hmm. but because I'm a woman and I've been through it myself, we can identify with our woman things pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm able to, to help them. But at the end of the day, woman or man, it doesn't really matter to me because the the coaching and the lessons are exactly the same. Well, what about somebody with chronic pain? How how would your program work for somebody who's chronically in pain, even though they've made positive changes in their nutrition and mm-hmm. they're eating better, they've, they've lost weight, they've lost mm-hmm. 20 pounds and they've changed their diet. Uh, what would you say to that? Well, first of all, what I would say to that is, have they ever spoken to your pain? I would teach them I would teach them tools how to go inwards and actually identify what the pain how the pain is making them feel. We'll identify where these triggers are in, in their life today and then we'll identify when it first happened. And so it's we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It's actually you can speak to your body, to any part of your body. I could speak to my breast, I could speak to my bowels, I can speak to my to, to, to very interesting things. So let me tell you just a quick, um, funny story. My daughter had warts all over her mouth and her hands. And I taught her, let's learn how to speak to your warts. And we did. All it is is just tuning in, learning little small twos, tuning in into your body. And, and some people think it's crazy, but it's not. So my daughter said, oh, my warts are telling me they need more attention and they need roses and lemons. So we thought, okay, let's put rose water on them and you can drink lemon water, whatever. And she started speaking to them. She's nine years old, okay? She had these warts for two years. And Mm. as soon as she identified with them and understood what they needed, two weeks later, they were gone. Come on. You guys should interview her. (laughs) I'm just serious because (laughs) she's she's little, but your body speaks to your symptoms 
are manifestations of something we're not listening to, we're suppressing and repressing. It doesn't matter if it's autoimmune, if it's pain, if it's a wart or a sore leg, everything has a message for us. That is wow. beautiful. And young children, like I feel like mm-hmm. these programs, like what you're doing is great for people like our age and older and, and you know, that we need the help. But I really feel like we need to have these, like this stuff needs to be taught in schools or it needs to be programs for kids. So then we don't, we don't go 20, 30, 40 years holding on to all of that stuff. And just- You know what it is? It's Hmm. literally teaching, being an emotionally available parent. Hmm. Being there when they're going through crying and crying, going through hell, making mistakes, you just are there. For them, mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know, boys don't cry, that's shutting down their emotions. Or yeah. saying, don't cry that you made you mad. Well, I said to my daughter, you should cry because someone made you mad because you're angry. This is how you get your anger out. Mm-hmm. Crying is healthy. So mm-hmm. now she knows that she can, like, sometimes she'll go to her room and just punch a pillow <laughs> because she's actually not suppressing. That is beautiful. She's expressing. That's beautiful. So I think it's really important that as, as parents, we start teaching our small children about their emotional life. And a lot of the time I feel like as, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I'm feeling like when it must be heart wrenching to see your child in pain and to see your mm-hmm. child crying. And so the part of saying, you know, don't cry, be, you know, like everything will be okay. Is that you're, you don't want to see them in pain. Yes. And so you think you're doing them a favor yes you think you're helping helping them but actually when i learned i was so numb i would not allow myself to feel joy because i wasn't worthy of it and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't allow myself to feel pain so i was actually not going up or down i was just flatlining through life i was just Mm -hmm. a rubber and to tell you the truth i I used to drink, I used to smoke, I used to use alcohol because I'm an introvert. And when I was young, I started drinking at a very young age. I was using I was using drugs and alcohol at a very young age, at 13, mm. because it was a number for me to to all these feelings that were trying to come out. When I realized that I only drank to numb and I actually didn't like it, I quit. I never I haven't had a sip of alcohol in six years. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I never had a problem drinking, but I every time I went to a party, I knew I just couldn't work with my energy and my feelings. I would drink a lot of wine to get to that point where I just don't care anymore. Wow. But wow. I actually don't like I actually didn't like drinking. I really used it for the wrong thing. Wow. Yeah. So is there a level here? Uh, by the way, we're talking with Neviana Maleko. You can go to nevianamaleko.com. That's M-A-L-E-Y-K-O. And we'll put it in the show notes, of course, as well. For those of you listening in the podcast format, we are live on our live stream, which we do every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If somebody has a mental health diagnosis, schizophrenia, uh, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. these are all things that oh, you yeah. think... You, you've described need to be dealt with by getting to the core of the trauma or the pain that's mm-hmm. within the body or the in the brain that's been ignored. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to put all this together, and I know that 
you want to work with people so you don't give away all the secrets necessarily either but i no, want to try okay. to i want to understand it as best i can well if someone came with me with schizophrenia or anything like that that's pretty something that i am not trained yeah trained or skilled that i would send someone that that does that but what my understanding for something like that is you know our body is stressed you know, we, we put stress in our body either by being poisoned by something. It could be a ton of junk food that's full of glyphosate and not such good ingredients over and over and over. And your body's just super, super, super toxic. And now the cells can't thrive properly. It could be, this is where food can really help. Or your body is stressed because of some trauma. And when, when our body is stressed with trauma, if people understand that we are energy, the way you know your energy is because when someone comes inside the room, you can literally sense without even speaking to that person that, oh, there's something up with this guy. I don't know. Mm. But if you're really open to that energy, you will be able to read it. You know, some of us are more close because no one's taught us to understand that. So when our energy is not really flowing really well because of all kinds of, you know, traumas and shocks and conflicts and all the kinds of stuff, I believe that we all have weak points in our body. And this is where the energy kind of becomes very stiff. There's no pathways for it to flow because we keep putting that rock in our backpack, but no one's taking anything out. Eventually, mm. our cells start to break down and we kind of, manifests in some type of a disease that then the medical doctor kind of gives it a label right mm -hmm. and some are made to be a lot scarier than others and i don't look at myself anymore i have to use the name cancer and colitis but i just looked at my myself and my body as god i had a lot of crap that i need to get out of there so that everything can start flowing again mm -hmm. right and I'm always aware now when I'm going through stuff, right? The rock goes in, the rock comes out. Maybe I'll put three in and then I'll have to take them all out later, right? Yeah. I'm always looking at how I'm feeling and behaving. My behavior shows a lot of how I'm actually really feeling on the inside. Beautiful. Now, how would you, so you're, you know, well-versed in this. You've been, you know, learning this. But even you have the times where you will pile on the three rocks, Absolutely. right? So what are, are there some, I guess, is it like individually or are there some kind of um, like triggers or something that you can kind of see the pattern that it's happening that, oh, I got to now look in? Like, yeah, I start being afraid more easily mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm a pretty um, emotional human. I'm very sensitive. So I'll go around people and when they talk to me, I'll get triggered very easily. Then I say, uh-huh, something's up here. Usually when I'm in a calm, resting space, they can say anything to me. It won't trigger me. Mm. And I know, oops, uh, somewhere down the road, I, I either have to look at my sleep. Have I been fulfilling my needs? Have I been telling myself, hey, Niviana, are you going to work out today? And I haven't. Or are you going to meditate today? And I don't do it. Like I don't keep my own word. Mm -hmm. As if I do that over and over and over with myself, I start becoming more resentful with myself. It's very unconscious. And mm -hmm. then I'll start noticing when I go somewhere, someone will trigger me. 
if I don't deal with that trigger, then I'll go out somewhere else and will trigger me. And then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll feel very off. And I know then I'm like, okay, I've ignored myself a couple of days here. I need to sit down and figure this out. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That is. And before the diagnosis, I never had, I didn't do that. I was busy opening two restaurants, having two kids, moving houses, taking care of a sick mom from the hospital. I was lucky. I remember I would come home at night and I would sit down and I'd go, that would be my first deep breath of the day. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I did that for years without Just, resting. Really? A constant. I, I, I was always on the go. I had two small children and opening a restaurant at the same time. It, and at the same time, my mom was in a car accident. She, was, she had to be on bed rest for two years because of the accident it was so severe. Oh, wow. Wow. And okay, so you said something in one of your posts, which I love. Um, so her handle is there. I, I think you're on Facebook too, right? I am on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. So I like you. I watch you on Instagram. So that's where I'm mm -hmm. like. You know, I'm and mostly I love active on Instagram right now. Nice. I love it. Your posts. You've been starting to do some videos, which are just really, really good. You said something along the lines of. Um, um, you asked, can you let go of the identity that you have with your illness? I thought that was really powerful. Can you talk kind of to what that means to you? Absolutely. I wanted to get well. I wanted to heal my body. I really, really, truly in my heart did for 10 years. I really, really did. And I remember one time, one of my people that were helping me said, what if you let go of your illness? Would you still get the attention you've always wanted? And I thought, excuse me? Right. How dare you? How dare mm -hmm. you think I'm using an illness for attention? Mm -hmm. But then I sat down to myself and I thought, that's a pretty good question. I want to meditate over that. And I sat with it and sat with it, meditated and meditated over it. And I said, I am so using this illness for attention. Because as a small child, I always felt that I was just this, I'm going to say the piece of shit. Nobody cared about me. I felt very in love because my, I, I grew up in an in a abusive household and I moved continents. I moved schools all the time. My, my parents were doing the best they could, but they literally didn't have much time for us. My, my dad works, like I, I just felt very neglected at times. Mm -hmm. And... I remember as a small kid that, and this was, I saw this in one of my meditations, I'm very visual, so I have to go inwards to get my answers, that when I was three years old, uh, my lungs were not doing well. And my parents had to take me to the mountains in Europe to live there, because that's where we were living in Europe, to get some fresh air. We lived there for three months until I got better. And that's when I started believing that when I'm sick, I get the attention. Because once we go back, went back to the city, they started working again. My grandma had to take care of me. My parents were gone again. And, wow. But to tell you the truth, there was more to that. That's how I was able to say. And I remember when I was letting go and my body was like, I always felt like I needed to tell people that I was sick. Every time I went, I was like, oh, I have this and this and this mm -hmm. to like put me on a pedestal. And I remember I went to a 10-day medita meditation retreat, and they said to us, 
to a lady. She actually was starting to walk after being in a wheelchair for 10 years. She was had MS, so she, started, she was healing herself and starting to walk. And I remember the, 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 the meditation guy said to her, don't you dare ever park in that disabled again. Wow. Don't you identify with that illness because now you're walking. Do not use your illness to go into that parking spot. And that was huge for me. I said to myself, I will not identify myself as a sick person anymore. And that was difficult. Yeah. Well, to go somewhere and say, hi, my name is Naviana. I'm this, I'm this, and say nothing. Even now in my, in my Instagram, I have find it hard to identify with these things, but I know it's, I'm only using those words to help others. Mm -hmm. But when I, who am I at my core when I, and I really say to myself, I, I don't say those things. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a sensitive, emotional being. I love to meditate. I love to walk on the beach. I love, this is who I am at my core, but I'm not an ill person. And that was very hard for me to let go of. It took me a long time to actually, and it still at times triggers me because for so many years, I only identified myself as a sick person. Wow. Yeah. I have a, I have a girlfriend right now that's going through cancer mm -hmm. and she says the same thing that she, she has to use the word cancer. She has to say that she has cancer because she needs to get the treatment. Um, you know, she's, I think stage four, um, breast cancer. And mm -hmm. so she's, she has to go through these things and, you know, you also, here is my question and it's not, I agree. And I believe in everything that you're doing, mm -hmm. but there also comes a time that, so you get diagnosed with stage four cancer and it's that close that they, they're not giving you very much time. Mm -hmm. You still need to, I feel do the things mm -hmm. you can be working internally but if you don't truly believe it, that it's going to work, there should, you should be doing some of like Western medicine have come a very long way to be able to help you. Yeah. So I wouldn't want anybody to listen to this and just say, you get diagnosed with something dire. You just don't tell yourself that you have it and just work no. on your trauma. You, you still need to have that balance where you're always working on yourself inside, but like, how totally. do you balance that? So how would, what would you say to people that are thinking that way when they're listening well, to this. One is there's one way to, is to deny that you're actually sick. Mm. And there's one to say, I have this. Or you could say like what I, what I used to say is like, I used this analogy and I say this to my kids all the time. They're like, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm like, you do have money, but you're not, you're choosing not to spend it on this. Mm. Right. So mm -hmm. even if you have one dollar in your bank account, it's not that you don't have money. The truth is you have money, but you choose not to spend it on a hundred dollar skateboard. Mm -hmm. So the way I went, I would the for me, the thing was for me is like I just never put myself in places that would trigger for me to feel really bad about myself that I was sick. I went to places that like I went and did a triathlon six months after my surgery. Wow. Right. So I just, this is for, for myself. I never denied it. I knew that was the truth. I knew what I needed to do to get better, but it's just letting go of like using it for the, the for different reasons. Right. So not identifying with it, just not identifying. I just looked at my body as like, yeah, you're, my body's going through something. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I, I agree that it's going through something and that's okay, but I'm not going to stop living. I'm not going yeah. to stop doing things that I desire. I actually started living more. I started doing things like I went and I remember after surgery, I went and climbed, I went, I flew like 10 days later. Doctors were like, you're crazy. Like I flew 10 days later, I went to Sedona and stayed there for like 20 days. And I healed faster than they even imagined on my surgery because I think I just went and surrounded myself with everything possible to not have any stress. So yeah. what I'm trying to say is that there's denying it. There's nothing wrong. Like This is not happening to me. Or you can say, this is actually happening to me, but I'm not going to stop living. Nice. Interesting. Go ahead, Mike. What are you thinking? I don't know. I, I'm trying to walk this line of you're identifying an illness that you have, but you're not going to be a victim of it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually pretty clear cut. And mm-hmm. groups, groups that stand up to cancer or... You know, there's a lot of groups out there that they try to raise money for research on cancer. And Do you think, how can you find the line there? Because this is where I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm thinking about how our society operates. There's a lot of uh, philanthropy and charity for cancer Mm -hmm. or major diseases. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't, I don't know, I I don't know if we always make head, I've actually think there's a lot wrong with our current charitable system, but... I'm talking from a mental perspective. Where do you, where do you stop yourself from saying, "All right, I'm too involved in this effort to like raise money and constantly be involved in these charitable events," as opposed to kind of removing myself from this disease? Like, if you're a survivor of it, for example. To tell you the truth, in the beginning, I went into all these cancer groups and did all these things, and they were scaring me more than actually helping me. And I said to myself, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. So I put myself at places that. Nobody talked about cancer. Nobody talked about all these things. I just went and, like I said, the triathlons, little things, like nothing to push my body to the, to the limits. I went and meditated. I went to the mountains. I climbed. I went camping. I moved to Europe for six months. I did all these different things that, because I always said this to myself, Naviana, if today is your last day, what would you regret? And I went and mm. did all those things. Beautiful. Right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I just did them, hug my kids more, spend time with them more, sleep in, have sleepovers with my daughter in her bedroom once a week, uh, take her to her favorite place, go over there with my son, dance in the middle, skinny dip in my pool, like all these different things that I wanted to do that I was so afraid from doing before. I just went and did them. And I'm telling you, in, re- in return, I was so much more happier. But if I put myself in places of the, of like, and don't get me wrong, this is my decision. This is what I had to do because I went inwards and asked myself what I needed to be happy. For other people, that could be very supportive and very good for them. But for me, because I'm very emotional and sensitive, it triggered me uh, mm. to be more scared. So when I removed myself from all of that, is this when I really started to thrive? Beautiful. So it sounds like understanding who you are because we're all different, right? We all operate under a different mm-hmm. personality or we're more sensitive to other things than other people might be. We have to identify what these things are in our lives so that we don't feel like we're abnormal or we're not typical because we're not operating like someone else is, right? Totally. And I think at the end of the day, we just have to love ourselves more. Even if we're stage four cancer, 
even if we're going through a divorce, even if we're going through anything, the key here is to just learn to love ourselves even more mm -hmm. through it. Just like you would a small child. If your small child was going through something that is they're ill, you're not going to say, I'm so mad at you. Don't talk about it. You would love them. You would hold them and <laughs> listen to them. But it's so right. funny because we are so cruel to our own selves. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we know all to, about that here. Yeah. We, we're so cruel to ourselves, but we're willing to give everything to someone else. Yes. Of course, we would give everything <laughs> to someone else, but we need to fill our cup first and love ourselves. And so many of us grow up not knowing what self-love actually is. And when, you know, some people might say, I'll oh, go to the spa, I'll go to the gym. But self-love is actually being very aware and accepting. Just like you accept a small child, you accept your own feelings. Pretend like your feelings are your child. And this is what I teach mm -hmm. a lot in my coaching is the inner child healing. It's one yeah. of the biggest, biggest pillars. I believe it helped me a lot was to heal that wounded part of myself. And in return, I was, ex I was paying attention to the part of me that never pay got paid attention to. Wow. That is beautiful. That's really, really powerful. And yeah. that's where a lot of the, the disease comes from, right? The disease, because you're not getting the attention and now you're just giving it to yourself. That's okay. So now I have a question. So mm -hmm. because it sounds like you go through your program and, or somebody goes through your program and they're going to have transformation. They're going to change who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're going to tap into the core of who they are, which if they've been suppressing this since they were a kid, then anybody in their adult life would know them as a totally different person. So somebody that is strong and somebody that is emotionally secure and all of these like stupid things that we like wear as a badge of honor that, mm -hmm. you know, and now we go through your program and now we can become whole <laughs> and we can express our emotions and we can be aware of our emotions and we can become that we don't have to be that, that strong person, like quote unquote strong, because I always feel like if you're vulnerable, you're more strong than you are if you're, if you're hiding it, but you change how do you, like, what do you tell them? Because there's going to be people in their lives, maybe their partners, maybe their family, maybe their friends that are going to be like, what happened to you? Like, why are you used to be, you used to be my rock. You used to be the person that I could count on. Now you've got stuff. Like, what do you tell them? Because I'm sure that they go through that. Every single one of them. Mm -hmm. So what I'd suggest in the beginning is, first of all, it's, I don't take on anybody on, on, onto my coaching program. I, we have an interview together to see if they are kind of ready for it, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of some people come in and say, please heal me. And I say, I'm 10%, you're 90. Mm -hmm. I will give you the tools. I will hand you the tape. I will take you to the door with my hand, but you have to open it and you have to go in there. Mm -hmm. I can, if I could do it for you, I would but I can't, this is mm -hmm. your job. And I, one big thing we talk about is sitting their partner down and sitting their mom down and saying, I've unrolled into this program and I'm going to be changing. And I want you to be okay with this change. And if something goes wonky and I'm different, know that it's part of my change. 
And as they're going through the change, I will, I'll ask them to read their vision to their partner. So the partner knows where they're actually trying to go and what they're trying to change. Because otherwise, we, you don't want to put a blind spot on them. Mm-hmm. Right? I do that with my husband weekly. I'm like, I'm manifesting. I'm trying to do this right now. And he's like, okay, I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So that if, if he sees me writing for hours or journaling for hours or crying or something, he knows that I'm breaking through something. I'm going somewhere. So they're not blinded. So when these women are, let's say, going through the journaling part, the inner child part and feeling very weak and whatever, the partner not can support them because they know. That's beautiful. Now, what you know? happens if... What happens if they're in a relationship that they're not being supported? Um, what if they're in a relationship? It, happens. it does happens. happen. It happens Absolutely. more often than we'd like Absolutely. to say. So you're doing all the work with them. They're doing all the work on their own. Um, you guys are making breakthroughs, but then their their family is talking them out of it or um, trying to weaken their their growth kind of thing. Yes, you, and yeah. I do have, we have a module on that one too about the people Beautiful. Who, who actually, you know, take your energy instead of give you more. And we talk about those people mm-hmm. and sometimes it's the person's partner. It's the person's mm-hmm. partner. But at that time, at that moment, it is not my place to say what they have to do. I'm only there to teach them my stuff on the emotional because we actually only sit with the emotional stuff the dirty things not for long beautiful for the eighth mod for the first four we do for the rest of the eight you're working literally building this new amazing person you've always wanted to be so if you if you realize in that moment that oh my goodness i've been with this guy or a girl for like 10 years and now it's like you look at them you're like what am i doing what I suggest at that point, and I do have people, I say, when you've done the program and you realize this, you should go work with this woman who does relationship. Mm. And then they can go and get help with someone who has the relationship. But if it's a mother or a brother or a dad that you don't live with, mm-hmm. in that module, we talk about how you can, because it happens, is you know, your own family can be very triggering. How, how you can love them, understand them, and not look at yourself as a victim anymore, but also spend less time with them. And I teach them to really mentally rehearse before they go to the house to say, okay, you trigger me, you've hurt me, I know this. You can trigger me and hurt me when I'm here, but I'm going to be aware of how this is, how my body's feeling, and I'm going to cut my visit short and go home and work on it. So you pretty much you know the bumpy road you're about to go on instead mm-hmm. of just going blind and not knowing and you're just on default. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really work that, on those kind of things. Beautiful. That makes a lot of sense. I could respect that for sure. We've also had a lot of great comments here, a lot of people chiming in. They've really enjoyed what they're hearing and the, you're sparking a lot of thought. Ed awesome. says, Ed is part of our book club. Hey, Ed. For me, it was so hard to find a reason to love myself. I believed I deserved my abuse because I was bad and unlovable. Now I am able to give myself the love I was lacking. Making sure my son feels loved helps me heal. Like I'm providing my inner child love. 
Absolutely. I, with my children, I used my, I became a child again. I would go swing on swings, play Barbie dolls and play with our hair, take bubble baths and dance and do all kinds of things. But before I was just like, this is stupid. And I literally <laughs> nurtured and I became, I, I relived my childhood That's awesome. all over yeah. again. And I was the parent this time. There's a lot of adults, uh, their imagination gets destroyed by the society and the culture we live in. Yes, and It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. No. You, you don't have to be any one particular way. You can keep that part of you. I really respect your program because in that sense, I think getting in touch with the pain within us as a young child, that's where it all comes from most of the time. And getting back to that point and identifying it, if you're totally unaware, is going to be a huge breakthrough for you. And if you are aware then finally confronting it and not avoiding it any longer is also going to be a benefit. Absolutely. And now what happens? Okay. So people go to your, your 12 week program. Are they working just directly with you or do you have a, uh, like a community? What does that look like? I am right now. It's, it's because it's such a personal journey. Mm -hmm. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working on a group coaching program it's going to be a five-week coaching program and i think it's going to be out in about eight weeks that's going Thanks. to do i'm working on three actually but one is going to be birth soon is about the food fear and wow. you know and what i said to you here in like the 20 minutes we talked about food i'm going to create a much bigger um program for them to understand why they've tried all these diets but they're not working to really bring open up their eyes Another one I'm working on is the inner child that I think is going to be super, super important for people to kind of come to an understanding of the inner child. And these are much smaller programs that we can work as groups. Mm -hmm. But the big, the big one is the one-on-one. -on -one. And another thing I'm working on right now is um, a private Facebook group where I can go in and really have conversations with Q&As and answer something which is a lot more private than just going on Instagram because some people will not ask the question because it's very, very public. I love that. And I love it too because if you're going to do that, then the other people that are in there, now you don't feel like you're alone. So yes, you don't feel alone with you, but it's kind of like you're helping them but then they may still have that like am i the only one that's going you know what i mean so yes. having that facebook group is amazing especially if it's private so they feel comfortable that maybe their partners won't see what they're talking about and all that yes absolutely yeah. there's no doubt about it that's great stuff uh we're coming towards the end of the show here mm -hmm. is there anything else as we come to a close that you would like people to know about. Uh, I mean, we've shared the website. We have it up here on our graphic. For those of you listening in podcast form again, it's Neviana Maleko, N-E-V-I-A-N-A-M-A-L-E-Y-K-O.com. Again, we'll put it in the show notes. So if you are listening to the podcast, you can see it there nice and easy. Uh, final thoughts, Neviana. I mean, this has been very enlightening. I respect what you're doing. I think you have a lot of courage, especially since... You said you're an introvert, and you've done a pretty good job for an introvert, I must say. Yeah, I'm, I'm introverted, but I still need to kind of come out of my cave, you know, once in a while. It's taken a long time for me, like I said, to be here, to be sharing my story on Instagram. I've spent a lot of time figuring out how I can use 
my story in a way that sends the message in com with compassion, joy, and some fun in it as well, but mm -hmm. also sharing my truth because I'm not a psychologist. I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. I only teach from experience. And I mm -hmm. think that has so much power. Absolutely. Because when someone comes to you with their struggles, I can hold their hand and say, I know where you are. I've mm -hmm. been there a thousand times. And that really, truly helps. Because when I was going through my healing process, I called and interviewed people who have healed from stage four cancer, from Crohn's, from colitis, from, uh, I remember I made friends with a friend in England and she couldn't come out of her house for 10 years. She had such severe allergies. She healed herself from that. She, she had, to, had to put an EpiPen in her body every single day. Jeez. And now she's able to leave the house and go drinking and you know, have a great time. And I was like, what did you, what did you guys do? Mm -hmm. And I would write it down. I would study them and look at them and put it all together. And I'm like, this is who I want to be. So when people want to heal and they really, truly in their hearts want to, to get better, they have to go after the people that have done it and yes. say, if they can, I can. And just figure out a way to get there. It doesn't matter. If there was a burning house and your child was on the top floor, you would be up there. Who, yes. you don't, I don't know how you would get up there, but you'd get up there. And it's the same as if you want to heal your body. You just go and find those people because there's thousands and thousands of them who have come out of the unthinkable. That's you know? amazing. So this amazing. is what I did. And I just, I, I still do it to this day. Like I, I want to do something. I find the person that's done and I study them to the core. It's amazing. Naviana, yeah. I am so grateful that you took the time to come on here and Thank share everything. It's amazing. 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 Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Mike, you could do like the wrap up, but I just, I'm so grateful. This was, and everybody that's listening and commenting. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're nothing without you guys. So thank you. Yes. Janice says she's very proud of you and your story. Nebiana. Thank you, Janice. Thank you. That appreciate what you're saying today. A lot of comments. That's why Ed says, that's why I believe my traumas were a gift in a way. Cause hopefully I can help someone else with my Absolutely. experience. It's a beautiful comment. It is. is. Pay it forward. You might, you might think it's a strange way, maybe if you grew up a certain way, like, well, that's not how you pay things forward. But no, that really is. You yes. take your pain that you've learned to heal, and mm -hmm. you can share that and pay it forward with other people. And I think what Neviana's doing here is very positive. I encourage you all to check out the website more, nevianamaleko.com. Please give her, I mean, if you like what you hear here, there's probably, that's just a tip of the iceberg. There's so much more depth beyond just this you know, our conversation we've had. So please Absolutely. check out our website. And don't forget the first day pod is every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern live, where you guys can comment in the live stream on our YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Facebook Live, of course, if you prefer, but generally YouTube is the best way to find the live stream. Plus all the old episodes are on there anytime you want. If it's, you know, four in the morning and you can't sleep, you can just throw on a first day pod and, you know, learn something when you can't sleep. At least make it a productive lack of sleep. Right, Leanne? <laughs> Leanne's right. funny because sometimes Leanne uh, doesn't sleep enough, so that's a little inside joke. But anyways, yeah, this has been great. So don't forget uh, the book club Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to join us, we're going to start a new book. 
the yeah. next week, right? Next week. We're choosing it um, this week. So you still have time to come in. And if you want to just come in just to kind of like uh, review it, you don't even have to be a part of it next, like tomorrow. Uh, just let us know. and We'll give you the Zoom link. So. Yeah, you get a feel for things if you want yeah. to. So that's it. Um, thank you, thank that's you. That's all. Uh, Neviano, thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate every single minute. Thank you so much. Awesome. We love you. Thank you. We love you Bye-bye. too. Bye, guys. Bye.